guys. Welcome to the Notion Club. Uh, with me today is Miss Gigo and Josh. And what up? <laughs> we are back, guys, after Bigfoot. We are now going to be getting into simulation theory. And deep uh, stuff. We hope you guys will enjoy the ride today. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to start the conversation by asking, who believes simulation theory? I actually do. I'm just going to put it forward on the table so nobody feels bad about answering it. I actually do think that there's a pretty solid chance that this is. A, I think there's a better well, chance that this it's is... a simulation than it's not. Okay. How absolutely like, perfect then because I'm on the fence. And so <laughs> I'm going to say I'm on the fence as well, but I'm like more like 80% over the fence or like on the fence, I guess. Okay. My toes are still in the, in the, uh, it's not a simulation. Well, I wouldn't say that my like 20% is not a simulation. I would say 20% is how does that work with like terrestrial life? I guess. Does that make sense? Ah, uh, I have thoughts on this, but okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so, well, okay, Josh, why, why do you think like, what's your percentage? I guess, I guess I need to see that. <laughs> I would say it's pretty high. Like I would say upper eighties or somewhere okay. in the nineties. And I think that the reason is because part of you know, I grew up as a, with a strong Christian background. And so I already had this ingrained idea that there was more than what was going on in the world. Mm -hmm. But even in my adult experiences, you know, we've talked a ton about my psychedelic experiences and all of that has made me feel like, OK, it doesn't it doesn't diminish from the idea that there could be a higher power or a God mm -hmm. that we would be existing inside of some type of program. And not only that, but I also think it's a possibility that certain parts of the population are in a simulation. Mm. So it's almost like oh, we, we've wow. put ourselves into a simulation. Like if they could uh, take over maybe a population and enslave those people, mm -hmm. they could actually put them into an induced coma and then have them living in this dream world where, you know, and this is getting super dark, obviously, but it's just this idea. It's kind of like the Matrix where mm. the people are alive, but they're in a coma. And in their minds, they're all living in this sort of connected Matrix world. Mm. That's interesting because so far, like uh, looking into like simulation uh, theory, I've kind of come to the conclusion that if we are in a simulation, it's not that we're asleep. It's that like we're fully functioning almost more like a, a video game. And hmm. um, just the reality around us is simulated or there's like a reality that's more real than um, what we can perceive right now. Yeah. So let me ask both of you guys, when, when we talk about the possibility of our reality being simulated, Mm -hmm. how how are you guys a digital or is it like a spiritual is it um I, like, I like how, how exactly are you seeing that the the simulation manifests mm. the most likely way that it's manifested would be digitally like you mentioned mm -hmm. and that goes into some of what i've heard about the simulation theory which is like i think it was I don't remember the first year, but the first year that a digital or not a digital, but the first year that a photograph was taken, 
since then we've come so far in our you know 3d animation in video game kind sure. of graphic technology that it's almost almost fully immersive we haven't quite reached immersive virtual reality yet but it's close mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and the graphics in a lot of cases are almost indistinguishable indistinguish sorry indistinguishable from like a movie or real life mm -hmm. yeah and so i think that in that case it's it's likely that it would be digital and a lot of people talk about like oh well you know we don't have the computational power to actually render a simulation for the entire population to be under and it's mm -hmm. like okay well i mean first off that's running metrics of like could we run a simulation based on technology that exists inside of the simulation so already you're mm -hmm. limited it's like mm -hmm. trying to comp comprehend the power of god you know inside of the world mm -hmm. right and it's not even us running the simulation it's somebody else who has untold amount of uh technological power right like right what and could god possibly what could his computer do? <laughs> well, and if you take out the spiritual factor to this, because I think like, okay, there's a possibility too that there's a spiritual side and we can talk about that, but just taking into consideration the digital side, mm -hmm. like I had mentioned ago, it's a little bit dark to talk about the idea that you would be held hostage and put into an induced coma. But yeah. actually, if you research into things like MK Ultra and whatever, they were already mm. testing hallucinogens on the population for riot control you can look up the hallucinogen mm. dz and that was a form of riot control and what people would experience was extreme time dilation and so <laughs> wait um oh, sorry uh, what's extreme time dilation that's where you feel like the, it's like salvia like it's a 30 minute experience but it felt like you were there for years Oh, interesting. Okay. Sorry, so with the with <laughs> well, no, that's okay. With the BZ, what they would they were testing was this idea of like, okay, if we have a riot and we need to control the people, could we spray uh, technically non-lethal hallucinogen so mm -hmm. that the riot would be incapacitated for long enough that we could move in and you know mm -hmm. contain them? And mm -hmm. but the problem with that is that the people who were being contained were being put under this like torturous hallucinogen experience to me it's almost like blasting salvia into a crowd mm. and it just i got chills when i read that and that's in that's Jeez. actually recorded history from the cia doing tests so you can look up bz and there's a full name for it i just can't pronounce it all at the moment mm -hmm. dang that's uh, a really interesting <laughs> playing into i i guess uh, another piece of evidence for digital um People talk, I've, I've not done it myself, but people talk about uh, experiencing zeros and ones mm -hmm. when uh, tripping on DMT. Mm. Hmm, okay, that's um, really interesting. Uh, I've, I've heard people say that when, you know, you take a large hit or, or three large hits or whatever it takes to get there, um, there's a momentary, uh, a, a momentary like um, glitch in your vision where all, all of a sudden you see the zeros and the ones that everything's mm -hmm. made of. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's really interesting. <laughs> but I've... honestly, like a lot of people do think like the universe is numbers. Like right, right. Math, or patterns, or like equations, fractal right. patterns, repeating well, patterns throughout nature. Like, you know, it may not be like the shape of a zero, but it is a shape, which is math. <laughs> 
it technically <laughs> is because I don't want geometry. Get, I don't want to get too technical, but the the <clears> one <throat> and the zero only are representations of something. So a computer mm-hmm. doesn't actually need one or zero. Zero means off and one means on, or maybe it's vice versa. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. But so it's actually representing something. It's like money is representing, you know, gold or whatever. It's a piece of paper, mm. but behind the paper is something else. And so behind the zero and behind the one is on or off. And so the universe technically does sort of operate somewhat in that capacity mm. in like an on or off state. Mm-hmm. But also digital computational power is extreme like you think about how we may be running modern computers at whatever speed that they're able to do you know graphics or bitcoin mining or whatever else it is that's really impressive but the technology that's being developed is so much more impressive and so to consider that you would be able to actually like put somebody into the state of mind where they thought that they were living a real life Mm-hmm. But actually, you know, maybe in the outer world, and again, I'm not meaning to be overly dark, but I'm just trying to imagine this scenario. In the outer world, maybe there would be like a lab and the person would be the patient and they would be in an induced coma mm-hmm. and everyone is studying like, okay, well, what are they seeing while they're in this simulation that we're creating? Mm-hmm. And actually, mm-hmm. I mean, that. so that goes into... I had mentioned earlier, there's this story um, that I heard by a guy on YouTube named Mr. Ballin. Mm. And uh, I'll, I'll link the exact episode. But basically, there's a story, and I, I don't mean to give spoilers, but I do, I'll, I'll tell you enough about it so that you can, you can hear it. There's a guy who is living his, this entire life at a university, and I think it's the University of Louisiana. And he... He Yeah, he meets a, a woman there. They end up having kids. He's got a mortgage on his house or whatever, and they're getting older. And all of a sudden, this piece of furniture in his living room, which is a lamp, becomes like distorted and blurry in his vision. He can't get the lamp to become clear, but everything else in the room is clear. <gasps> Damn. Yeah. I I actually listened to a podcast on that. Oh, so do you know this story then? Because it's from a Reddit post. Yeah, I heard it on something else. I can't remember what it was, but I, I remember hearing this story. I don't remember the conclusion, though. So sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's OK. It, it, it is from a Reddit post. And so if you've heard about it before or from there, I'll try to link that Reddit post, too, because <clears throat> it's where the person actually posts like, hey, this happened to me and I don't know how to explain it. And like, I still am messed up from it Mm -hmm. but basically what ends up happening is that the lamp remains blurry and it eventually expands and keeps expanding and gets bigger and bigger and all of a sudden the guy snaps awake and he's in a police car Mm. and the police and he's and he's like where is my wife and the officer is like i don't know what you're talking about and the guy's just freaking out and he's like where is my wife i need to get you know i need to talk to her and through some you know turn of events the officer basically says look you just got i some he was crossing the street and somebody either hit him with a car or hit him with a bike or or punched him or some unexpected weird thing happened where he got hit while he was crossing a street mm-hmm. and he fell unconscious and the police officer came and picked him up while he was unconscious and was driving him to the hospital 
And in that period of time, he woke up in the police car, having mm. just lived this huge life. Wow. Jeez. As you're talking about that, that almost brings to mind um, deja vu. Not like it's not directly correlated, but within the simulation theory, like deja vu would make a lot of sense. Right. Like having experienced or seen something before. And yeah, what the hell is that? It could that? be a glitch or like almost like a, a do-over almost. I, I don't know, like, but I don't know. I feel like that would coincide with the simulation theory really well. The experience of deja vu. Yeah, that's an interesting point to bring up. That's that's um, they somehow that feels like related. It's the cousin of um, Mandela effect. Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> They're like directly related somehow. Do either of you experience deja vu's ever? Yes. Yes. yes absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, can I ask you a question about them? Are they things where it's like? Whoa, and I don't mean for this to be a leading question. So if it's not either of these things, fine. But is it like, okay. whoa, you know, this is a brand new thing, but I feel like I've felt it before. Or is it like very distinct? Like, I remember when I had this dream and now I'm in that this moment. Is it either of those? The second. It's, yeah, it's more like the second. That's for so me, scary. It, it, it gives, it gives me chills. a very dark feeling. Yeah, like, wait a second, why? <laughs> I don't What's think I get a, I don't think I get a dark feeling. I think it's always like I've been here before. I remember this. I remember it perfectly. I can tell you the outcome to this. Oh, like that's exactly. how it feels. Hmm. I literally hmm. have goosebumps right now hearing you guys talk about <laughs> that. No joke. It's so cuz it's that's it feels real. It's really odd though because I think just about everybody gets deja vu. Mhm. Mm but nobody can explain it. And, it's like right. dreams. And nobody can explain dreams. I'm, not everybody is aware of what Mandela effect is. But when you explain it and you ask the, you know, the certain test questions, everybody suddenly goes, oh, gee, wait a second. That is real, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was the Bernstein Bears, but it's not. It's the Bernstein <laughs> Bears or something. Like, it's everybody gets the Mandela effect as well as deja vu. And... Like, what right. the fuck is that? Yeah. Right. And the Mandela effect is super creepy because I have my own personal list of things where it's like, I actually think that the Mandela effect is another thing that's real. Like, if we're talking, do you believe in simulation theory? Then it's like, lump it on top. I also believe in the Mandela effect. Yeah. Wait. Okay. So, Josh, have you experienced deja vu sorry i'm still on that <laughs> yeah no i have and the the creepy thing for me is that deja vus are really visual and i'll have dreams that i can remember and then way later on like even years later i'll find myself in a moment and it lasts for like two or three seconds where i'm like i'm fully aware of this moment and mm -hmm. it's not necessarily like I can see further past it or I can see what it, it, it does. It's not like it means something. Mm -hmm. It's just like I literally have dreamt these two or three minutes before. Oh, and now so, I'm living. Wow. So, it's, so you're it's, dreaming it's, it. It's not like happening in real time then. Well, no, I mean, like I'll I'll have a dream. But then years later in real time, I'll find myself in that place that I was in yeah, in my dream. I see what you're saying. I don't oh. know if I've ever had that. I feel like, okay, so with that in mind, I've had like deja vu where it's real time 
and I've just started like saying it out loud just so that like other people, I also started taking notes. Um, nice. I, I started taking uh, like a catalog of the deja vu moments and now it's gone. Like I, it's probably like a glitch in my phone, but um, I That's can't Mandela find it. Stuff. I can't find <laughs> it. And um I mean, that's easily explained away, I guess, you know, for someone who's like, eh. <laughs> but <laughs> to me, it's like, I remember writing this list and it's gone now. So mm. where am I? What what version of reality am I going to find it again? Um, but with the dreaming thing, I always I have had dreams where like I've seen something in the future, but I just thought it was like ooh, futuristic, like scenes mm. almost i i've never considered mm. it to be like deja vu like you're chalking it up to be so that's interesting it definitely feels like a deja vu deja vus are a weird aspect and i do think like you said earlier that they could play into the whole simulation theory yeah like it really would kind well. of explain them yes yeah like i wonder so i mean is is that like a glitch in the alien's computer then <laughs> no that's interesting. I've literally never even considered that that type of technology could have like some weird glitch stuff. Oh, hmm. oh, speaking of that. Okay. So this is something that I thought we would cover later, but I feel like this is the perfect time to talk about it. Yeah, dive um, in. So within, I was reading this article. Um, I, I'll link it. I think it's like from Science Direct or something like that. Um, but could dreams also help prove the consistency of the, uh, simulation as well? Because, um, there's a lot of dreams that for no reason people have, there's like dream archetypes almost like you always see like someone chasing you. You're always falling. You're always yeah. like flying those kinds yeah. of things. Um, and in this article, they talked about how it could be an offline model of the world. So like hmm. the simulation is like hibernating or offline like you turn your computer off and everything just kind of waits if that's what dreams could be like half of us in the simulator rea reality are like sleeping we're offline and that's the glitch in in the simulation necessarily so like when we see something like maybe sleep paralysis when we see something standing over us is that like something outside of the simulation it, it, i don't know do you guys that see what i'm saying <laughs> Yeah, Does like there's sense? an overlay. Yeah. Hmm. It makes it feel like the mind would have to go into like a resting place almost. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, that's just like another dimension. It's like, okay, well, the mind clicks into another dimension. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, if the waking mind is a simulation and mm -hmm. the dream mind, you know, is just another dimension. Well, isn't that just as real of a simulation? <laughs> Yeah, actually, yes. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, but something they also brought up in the article was that dreams actually could be really practical if we are in a simulation because it's teaching us uh, threat coping skills hmm. and how to be aware of like danger. So like when you have like a scary dream, like or say something's chasing you within a dream, it's teaching your body um, to react if that were to happen in, in your waking state in your awake state, like, okay, if something's chasing you, what do you do? You run, like, you know? Um, so they were, they were talking about how like dreaming could be a great way to help us um, 
calculate risks and hazards. Um, but I don't know. I feel like that also really ties into simulation theory. I mean, I don't know how to fully like talk about that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a thought. Yeah. It's an ocean. <laughs> the to me, like when I think about simulation theory, I. I, I love uh, thinking about what's called the, the hard problem in consciousness, mm. uh, which is what exactly is consciousness. Like us mm. as conscious beings have to contemplate what consciousness is. And we're... Mm-hmm. Um, Jung uh, believed that, like, as, as you're saying, Mariah, there, or, or maybe it was Josh that said this, there's, there's like two realms, like when you're asleep and when you're awake, which Jung called mm. the when you're asleep, you are making contact with the collective unconscious. That's like mm. all consciousness pooled together. Yeah. And then when we're awake, we're in our ego, our individual waking mm. conscious. And everybody's got like a foot in both. And you make contact when you go to sleep with the unconscious. And then you do what with that here in the real world, if you will. Mm. But we we kind of do have contact with both um, worlds of consciousness, the the collective unconscious and then then like our own consciousness. Hmm. Um, but if we could nail down what consciousness is and where it comes from, it, it, it totally like the reason why I'm open to uh, simulation theory is because that like lends it it allows uh, the what am I trying to say? I'm just babbling at this point. They, they seem like they could be compatible, I think. Well, I think what you're bringing up kind of is, is bringing forth the idea of the simulation theory being a spiritual thing and not spiritual in the sense that it's, you know, defined by any of the religions that we know about, but spiritual in the sense of like, how are we all connected? And is there a space that we're all connected in? And do we have access to that space? Is it in the dream world? Mm. Is it when we take psychedelics? Like, when do we access this connected space? And I actually believe personally, I love Jung and what he's t- he teaches. But in my personal experience of why I initially even heard about the simulation theory came from the painting, The Net of Being. And what you're talking about with the collective conscious reminds me of the of the net of being painting. Have you guys ever seen that? It's Alex think, Gray. Yeah, I think you actually sent that to us once. Okay, so the the net of being, it's oh to explain it, it's these faces, and they're all it's on the pillars, a face facing each side, north, south, east, and west, and you that's the collective consciousness that's the whole like pool of everyone's consciousness yeah and there's a music video that kind of represents what the um what is happening in the net of being and it's vicarious by tool but what they get into there is this idea of like you as an individual being can jump in to the net of being through your pool of consciousness you know like your access point and you can jump into other people's uh, net oh, wow. of being, if you will. What? Really? Yeah. So it's 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 bringing, and that's my interpretation. So you know, tool people or Alex Gray or whatever may hear that and be like, "That's way off." But it's it's my interpretation <laughs> of what I've seen from it, yeah. and it represents the idea to me that we are all connected in some way, 
And I actually think more from like I talked about the idea that the simulation theory could be a digital realm, which I mm -hmm. believe is possible. But I think actually the spiritual simulation is more likely. Okay. What do you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> well, because like, okay, you know, we have, there's this possibility because of our own history where like you could enslave a population and put them under a hallucinogen and they would all be living a, you know, weird life. That's fine. But in our own reality, like we're all really here. And if you are able to take one of these substances, like if you take mushrooms or if you take LSD or any of these other um, popular hallucinogens, what happens is you feel hugely connected to everybody. You feel this like universal sense of oneness where we're it's not like we're all family or whatever else like that. It's like we're all a singular unit connected together. Cut from mm. the same cloth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and mm -hmm. so that experience to me is is way more of a spiritual internal thing of like, okay, this I see is what you're bigger. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We really are, we really are all connected, and it feels that way. And it feels that way when we're dreaming, and it feels that way in like, let's say if you go to a big concert, like a musical experience, everyone who's there who's singing along, you feel connected, and you feel this like oneness. That's yeah. where I yeah. think we could be in this and it would be a simulation. And how, and what I mean by that, okay, so to give you sort of like a hypothesis, one time I had this idea of like, what if God, what if there was only God and then one other being in the universe? Mm -hmm. But to make it funny and interesting, he split the being into a billion different pieces or whatever. Yeah. I mean, more yeah. than a billion, but a billion different pieces and made them all individual lives and made a world and made animals and all this stuff just for, you know, the sake of because it's God. And yeah. now we're all living. But in actuality, we're not all individual consciousness is walking around. We're really this one singular being. And it's just God and one being. Mm. Hive consciousness, maybe. Right. And that's that that hmm. I don't think is a real like really what it is. Mm -hmm. But it was just this this sort of way to imagine like what if we really all were one kind of thing. Interesting. And so if. I'm wondering about free will with that, if if we do have free will. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, Muskego, yeah, yeah. Muskego. <laughs> you listen to uh, Sam Harris and stuff, you know. Uh, okay, I, I'm just gonna put this forward uh, as a disclaimer for Muskego's sake. If we do have free will, <laughs> um, do you think it's that could lend itself to being split up? Uh, this like ultimate being splitting itself into like all of these like microorganisms. Do you think that that is where the free will could come from? Or do you think ultimately it would still be the free will of the, the initial being? Do, do does that make sense? Does that question make sense? I think it makes sense. Yes. Okay. So like how, what do you think would be more likely? It, okay. Say we're riding on this hypothesis where it's like one being that split itself up do you think it would be more credible for we 
for free will to exist because that one being has free will and ultimately because we're micro parts of that we also in turn have free will or so do you think it's here, more likely that here's where i i think the the debate of free will in general gets sticky is what exactly are we talking about when we say free will are you are you saying just like in everyday life choices of choosing chocolate or vanilla ice cream or are you saying like where you wind up in life you know what i'm saying I would say the ability to choose and the ability to uh, think. That's what I, I consider free will. Yeah. See, I would consider hive consciousness to be more leaning toward not having free will. Okay. Hmm. If you're... What do you think, Josh? Oh, yeah, sorry. Would... No, no. <laughs> Go, Go ahead, ahead Josh. What's, what's your opinion? <laughs> Well, settle the debate. <laughs> <laughs> it's your okay. answer. Is, okay. is it. I, like, I like exactly where both of you were just taking it. So I all of a sudden, this was just like I just sat down. I felt like I was in a university. It was awesome. It was awesome. Like a university, like one of those cool uh, lectures you try to attend. And both Muskego uh, and I are opposing up to debate forces. The professor. Yeah, I just got taken aback. <laughs> Sucked in. Um, no, but Mosquito, you raised a point like, well, how do you define free will? And it's like, okay, mm. okay, mm-hmm. you do have to nail that down. And so how I would nail that down, and this doesn't make it how it is, but how I would nail free will mm-hmm. down is like anything that can be done by anyone or anything in the world. So like, okay, what I mean by that is, let's say you are a dog and you have <laughs> teeth and you can bite someone, then that exists as something that is within your free will. Or you have four legs, Mm -hmm. so you can run, and maybe you can jump over a fence, and you could decide to do that. So that exists within your free will. Okay, so then jumping over to people, you know, what is our free will? Our free will could be, like you said, like chocolate or vanilla ice cream. Where do I want to go to school? Do I want to build something, or do I want to tear something down? And Mm -hmm. so free will, I would define as anything that can be done by anything that is alive. Now we put our own rules over that, which I think is appropriate. Like you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't kill, you shouldn't lie, you shouldn't, you know, this and that, which I think is appropriate. But if you just step out to like, what can people or things do? Mm-hmm. Okay. So to me, it doesn't take away from the idea that everyone would have free will still, because if you, if you take that concept, then it's like, okay, I don't mean to jump over to another topic and make this uh, overly, you know, mixed up. But if Go you consider it. that in the musical realm, there's only eight notes in an octave. Every mm-hmm. single instrument that plays, plays eight notes and then a variation of a major or minor of those notes. But it's all contained within eight notes. Every various instrument plays those eight notes, eight notes differently. Like a guitar plays them on strings. A piano hits the strings. Everything is playing those eight notes in their own way, but they're contained to those, that action set. Ah, I see what you're saying. Right. Okay. So they, each I, instrument has its own free will to play any variation of those notes. Set right, by its right. prerequisites of what it is. Right. Ah, Okay. Yeah. So, right, right. We're we're only free to do what what we're actually 
able to, and not only that, but what we think of doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're basically, we can't ascend past the realm of like our chemical makeup, but that is still free will within itself. Like not in itself, but basically like we're bound to our, um, our terrestrial beings or our spiritual beings and any, but we still have choices within that. We can still choose to turn left or to turn right. Right, right. See, is that, is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I see to me, um, that isn't really free will. If we're only free to make choices that only like come to our minds that we're able to do, you know, like, is it really free will when it's confined to your specific genes and circumstances? Mm. Dude, that just gave me the chills twice. <laughs> Man, that, that's a oh, thinker, stop dude. It. <laughs> no, but, for real. But what could be outside of of those uh, limitations? You know, what could be outside of that boundary? Well, there. Th- I mean, be like free will. What would be considered free will then? Uh, no limits. Like you, no limits. we we would have all possibilities of ideas to come to mind and we would be able to choose what comes to mind. Uh, we'd be able to choose, you know, where we're born, who we're born to, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of friends we have, who our family is. Um, ah, interesting. You wouldn't have all this like things. dumb brain fog of like, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? It's like, I know all the options and this is the decision and yeah, I have see, the free I, will to decide. I kind of have this belief that I could be you and you could be me. You know what I'm saying? Like if you had been born in my body to my parents at my birth date, mm-hmm. you know, we would probably have pretty much the same outcome in life. If you had my genes, the same thought processes that I have, if all the circumstances were, were duplicated to be mine, we, we could swap places. Yeah, I, I agree with that, that fundamental belief. So what about like ascending to goop? Like, what if I, I didn't want to be a person, but I wanted to, like, turn into goop? Like, would that be what you're saying <laughs> as well? Is that a possibility? Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just asking. So that's just a facetious, uh, <laughs> facetious argument. I don't know what facetious means, so I I don't know what you're I can only barely say it. <laughs> no, that's a good question. If it, we are, do we only have free will if we could like There's something that they're not capable of? Um, yeah. I guess if you want to put it that way, then sure. <laughs> okay. But also, um, that's kind of scary to think about. Like, think about all of the choices that I think I would like have a anxiety attack more than I do. 
Well, but okay, okay. We need to da- nail down some root definitions of what we're talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, about guys. Food. I also didn't mean to derail us into a debate <laughs> about free will. We're supposed to be talking about the simulation. Well, no, free will plays <laughs> heavy into great. the simulation. They, yeah, they kind of are yeah. important to each other. And sure. I don't think you guys are off in what you're talking about, but it's it's more of like, do I have the capacity to make any decision that I want? And it's like, okay, well, hang on. Are you in charge of the simulation i don't know but mm. if you just break mm. apart the two words that we're talking about free will free mm-hmm. kind of easy to easy to work with but the will part mm. i think that the will is more of a meaning of like okay i will do this and what is in your ability to do that so like i will climb up this mountain today oh. it's like, okay you can do that and if it's like i will pick up this car like okay well you are not going to do that and so but it doesn't it's not outside of your free will to to decide that you're going to try it and then try it that's Mm. outside of your capability but Mm. it wasn't outside of your free will to you know go try to do it Mm. but if we're goop we could try (laughs) are you talking are you talking like lumpy space princess yeah (laughs) no no i i'm just talking about like lumpy things i was gumby. picturing i i was pic, uh picturing gumby gumby <laughs> i was picturing like flubber like flubber okay <laughs> oh man all um, throwbacks right <laughs> um see i i see what you're saying josh though about like the difference between just uh capability and uh what was it desire capability um, yeah essentially and desire but but that's like, a great point I, I i think that uh just to push my argument even further here um <laughs> we at least speaking for myself i oftentimes really want to change my behavior but i just can't i want mm. to be something that i can't um not only that but there are some easy just physical capabilities that i have that for some reason i just can't like like hitting a free throw um Hmm. i'm perfectly capable of hitting a free throw but i miss 50 percent of them when i try my very best to do it Hmm. now there are certain things that take dedication like when you you now are in and this i I'm not trying to like make you feel bashful or anything, but you're in my opinion, a very talented musician. (laughs) Oh, thank you, sir. Well, and so you wouldn't have picked up an instrument and immediately been able to play, but through serious dedication. And in my opinion, the will to make it happen, you are now able to do it. And so it's like, okay, well, it's going to the free throw. If you had the will and you were out there with the dedication to could you do you think you could probably be making free throws consistently after like a week? Um, yeah, yeah, I'd be making them consistently, but even Kobe Bryant missed free throws. Yeah, that's fair. Even Eric Clapton will hit a sour note. Like it yep. even though these things are all within our capability and we've done these things before, we sometimes stumble. Or, or we don't have the control that we wish that we had. 
Well, I will just say that I think that sometimes like a lot, if you watch people on YouTube, you only see perfect edited videos or Instagram or whatever. But if you go see a performance, if you go see the game, you'll see Kobe or you'll see Clapton mess up. And that right, moment right. is, I, I think, what connects people to those, uh, you know, stars or whatever. Because it's like, wow, I actually yeah. saw them mess up and they're really a human. So right. that's just a, right. a little tangent, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll get off my high uh, <laughs> horse here. Um, I, so I'll be completely honest with you guys. For all the talk that I do about how much I don't believe in free will, I would say like when I'm not really thinking about it, I do believe in it. Just in everyday moments of life, I think we all treat each other like we have free will. you know. And at the end of the day, that may be the only thing that's really important. I can I I think that with that's an appropriate way to do it because at that point you're questioning what is going on and you're actually trying to have an open open mind about what the possibilities are. Oh. Oh, can you not hear me? No. Oh, there you are. I'm alright. Oh, I had my mic off on accident. Oh, <laughs> it's all good. My dogs were barking in the background and I turned it off, but I was speaking the whole time. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, well, what are we you just say? ignoring you? <laughs> well, I was just going to bring up willpower, but it's gone now. <laughs> well, no, it's not gone. What do you mean, willpower? Come on, de demonstrate your free will here, Mariah. Bring it back. <laughs> I, wa I want to know about willpower. Uh, well, it was what Miss Gigo had said it, uh, before, but I, I forgot it because I have a teeny tiny brain and attention span. Um, he brought up a question and said something, something, something. And I was like, well, isn't that just willpower? And then something, something, something. And then Josh, like... I, I don't know. It's gone. Did it have to do with hitting free throws or was it the... No, it was before that. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, was, was it um, talking about like me wanting to change myself? Like Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I was okay. like, well, isn't that just willpower? Not that you can't. I, so here's, can't. here's the thing. Like when it comes to um, changing like, you know, uh, perpetual behaviors, uh, behavior patterns, or even, you know, addictions, mm -hmm. like I can want and will myself all I want in a moment. Mm -hmm. But the reality is no matter how much I want to change, I'm still going to stumble. It takes a lot of course correcting and uh, persistent course correcting before you actually start changing the behavior, even though you want to. Mm -hmm. And you want to real bad initially, it, it takes time still. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I had more, but I forgot. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, if it comes back to you, though. Yeah, yeah. I'll just but... randomly blurt it out in the middle of some other <laughs> conversation. I'll, I'll text you guys. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe the simulation will allow me to go back. Maybe the ancient fathers of our or mothers <laughs> mothers um will allow me to i'm just kidding i don't even know where i'm going with this here through the veil sometime around halloween yeah oh hey. yes salad <laughs> hell yeah you know what everything relates back to itself guys salad deja vu mandela effect it's all because of the simulation that is synchronicity you're right yes uh, 
Oh, oh my and god. Sacred pad sacred geometry is synchronicity ultimately. Like ah okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's actually okay. true. That's <laughs> so I have a question for you guys. Um who or what is running the simulation? Oh, that's a good that's a good one. And why? Dang. So uh did you guys look up Nick Bostrom, who yes. uh, proposed the simulation theory? Um, yeah, a lot ago. <laughs> when we initially tried to do this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I had a meltdown. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I was just going to say when we had our first conversation about simulation If we are honest, what are we? No. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. I'm the clown of the show. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> In, not, in Nick Bostrom's uh, like paper back in uh, 2003, his paper was called Are You Living in a Computer Simulation? And uh, there's three propositions that he brings up. And the first one is the human species is very likely to go extinct before we reach a post-human stage where we could potentially uh, create a simulation and run it and be past like our human self as it is. And then the second proposition is um, any post-human civilization is extremely unlikely to run a significant number of simulations um, for their evolutionary history. So basically, like, they're, they're most likely, even if they can, they're most likely not going to. And then proposition three is we're almost certainly living in a com uh, computer simulation. And it follows that the belief there is a significant that there is a significant chance that we will one day become post-humans who run ancestor simulations um unless so basically like in the third proposition he says that yes we're definitely living in a simulation and it's our ancestors or post-humans that are currently running our simulation and at some point will achieve what they've achieved and will be the ancestors uh in future is generations. he basically <laughs> describing that Rick and Morty where yeah exactly he, he he has a universe inside his spaceship so mm -hmm. they're making the batteries right and then they have a, simul a simulated world to run their shit mm -hmm. like is is that what it's he's like saying Inception. in Proposition three here yeah exactly. yes essentially so obviously like. Like, okay, say that right now we are able to create a simulation with autonomous or, I mean, within the boundaries of that simulation, autonomous uh, beings. Uh, there's a guy who brings up, uh, what's his face? What's his name? Uh, well, let me get to it. It's somewhere. Oh, I lost it. Uh, George Holtz. Have you guys heard of him? at all mm -hmm. the name sounds familiar but i don't know he's insane um <laughs> actually right. we can we can come what back to him saying? he's really funny <laughs> okay. um it, he's actually kind of funny um but basically like he says that like we are essentially mario and super bros hmm. and at some point we'll break out of the simulation um so basically like say we were to create super bros and eventually like we'll we'll ascend past and then we'll create another super bros too 
and with Mario's running around inside of it, yeah. right? And so that's that's yeah. what the third proposition is. Yes, we'll ascend and then we'll be the ancestors. So it'll just continue running and running and running, just like in that Rick and Morty skit, actually. Um, and it's actually also interesting because uh, did you guys know that we're like our universe is in a bubble? No. What do you mean? So uh, there's this thing called um, what is it called? <laughs> It's like a super bubble. Oh, it's called a local bubble. Hmm. So our universe and our sun is actually almost directly in the center of the universe. There's like these layers to uh, there's like what's called the heliopause and the heliosphere. And within those like bubbled layers, like our gravity runs and everything. So like our planet, our planetary system, our sun is at the center, planets on the rim, and then it continues to grow out uh, like past galaxies and everything is held inside of our universe by this like bubble. And so I, I think it lends itself some like simulation theory credibility that like there could be multiple universes out there all within these bubbles kind of protected from another universe almost or anything surrounding it. Um, but it's interesting because that led me to think about like a drop of water under a microscope, seeing mm. all of these mm. microorganisms mm -hmm. running around. Like we don't know if they're like, you know, intelligent or, uh, free thinking or you know whatever um but right. they there is life within that drop of water it just kind of made me think like you know what if our universe is like a pond um or <laughs> i always bring it back to c.s lewis but um in his book the uh magician's nephew there's these scenes yes. where um um forget their names now but there's two children that run around and there's this wood between the worlds and yeah. they're able to jump yeah, from pond to pool. pond yeah to pool it's pool. such a good book <laughs> yeah and so it just kind of had me thinking like well in a drop of water there's life that could be a simulation of reality um our planet there's life on this planet but it's a, it's not all encompassing of life and then we have our our galaxy and then our universe and within all of that. I don't know. It's just crazy. And I was watching this one video, uh, which we can link actually. Um, but somebody said on there and it kind of like, it caught my attention and I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about it. Um, so, uh, someone said a universe that is a cell to a larger celestial, um, being and so on and so on. Also thinking, okay. So, okay. Uh, let me rephrase. Let me back up. So, Here's the question. If our universe is in, is a living cell inside of, let's say, a celestial being, um, like what's outside? Like is the celestial being all-encompassing and then all of these little like microorganisms running inside? And so like our universe – I don't know how I'm explaining this. This sounds No, no, terrible. no. I get you. I get you. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. So basically like – our universe is a living cell inside of a celestial being, right? That's what we'll say for right now. And, you know, obviously it goes down and goes down. It's just like sacred geometry, all these like fractals that follow each other in repeating patterns. And then someone said, and I, okay, so it's going to be hard to read because I don't think they wrote it out and I didn't like paraphrase, but it says, um, 
the universe is expanding. Um, so the celestial being, let's say that is growing bigger and bigger. And then it says a universe that is a cell to a larger celestial being and so on and so on. Also thinking about how we're constantly discovering smaller and smaller forms of matter that also seem to be infinite. And then they bring up sacred geometry and then how the structure of a cell is quite similar to the structure of a galaxy, et cetera. So it just kind of got me thinking like of all these different like strings that, you know, throughout like the notion club, um, just continually wrap all together. And I don't know, it just, I don't know where I was going with that, but I think it, it goes really well within the proposition three by, uh, Nick Bostrom. So I think everything you just said sounds like the closest thing that the simulation theory would be out of any of the stuff talked about so far. Yeah. And I think it would uh, make a lot of sense in regards to uh, physicality, spirituality. Um, and I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It, it seems to fit really well. And I also saw a scientist say, because they were talking about the possibility of like, okay, how could we harness enough power to run a simulation? And there's this thing called uh, the Dyson Sphere. Basically, what we would do is we would harness the power of our local sun, our local star. And, and there would be all of these like spheres around. And the closest you get to the sun, you know, the power that's coming from that, the heat. And it runs off of the heat, but the farther you get out from it, it just turns into like power. It's not going to like burn us like mm -hmm. close to earth or whatever. Um, but basically like, like a lot of people say like, oh, we'd have to harness the, the power of the sun. And that's why his proposition number two says like, oh, human humanity will die out before we can even reach that possibility. But there's been other people that have said, well, maybe the galaxy or our universe is the computational computer. Maybe we don't need the power of our sun, but the gal the universe itself is the computer lending. I, I, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. So I don't know, just really interesting stuff. I, I really feel like this is a really like high possibility. I love that you brought up that C.S. Lewis book. That is such a good book. <laughs> I know. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I always go back to it. Like uh, C.S. Lewis, both in his um, Space Trilogy and in the Chronicles of Narnia, like there's just so much in it that just makes you think like outside of just like everyday terrestrial life. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the spiritual side of what's going on outside of our reality, I guess. Yeah, and the, the pools is hmm. just it's a great picture, you know. Obviously, like we don't know if we're in a in a pool within the uh the wood between all of the worlds, but like it's a great picture to kind of uh play with, I think. That sort of represents like what the net of being is, though. That that image mm. of all the faces mm -hmm. is yeah. like that pool where you go there and there's all the different pools that you can jump into. Yeah, that's what the net of being is supposed to represent. Wow, dude, this is so cool. And I know you have sent this picture, but I, I've been staring at it this whole time we've been talking and it's it's kind of blowing my mind. There's like so many there's infinite possibilities within this picture. It's crazy. It's definitely one of my favorites, but I think you're right on 
with what you're talking about. And I, I, like I said, with it being probably the closest thing to what the simulation actually is, it -hmm. goes into the idea of like multiple dimensions being connected, how the higher level would be connected to the lower level, which I think is like how, if you ever listen to string theory or whatever else, Mm -hmm. dimensional, multidimensional people talking, they Mm -hmm. think about like, okay, well there's the fifth dimension, fourth dimension, third dimension, and then yep. we see from the third dimension down. Yeah. But we can't see the fourth dimension up. Holy crap, dude. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> but that plays into the idea of like, okay, okay. So we don't know. Science is always changing. But at the moment, they believe that all matter is made up of atoms and all this different stuff, mm-hmm. molecules or whatever. And so within you know, what looks to be a solid space, like maybe a chunk of wood, you would see that as being solid. It's actually some countless numbers of molecules. Mm. When you look out into the stars, you see all these billions of different stars. And so it's almost this like as above, so below idea where when you were Mm. talking, this is probably way off, but I'm thinking like, okay, if we were in a bubble the universe in a bubble is it something significant like maybe in a lab they dropped a bubble onto a a petri dish and they're looking at it and that's our universe Mm -hmm. or is it something like we're the molecule in the knee of some child and as they grow up and become (laughs) an adult our universe is expanding because they're expanding yeah you know and it's like we're experiencing life at this dimension, but they're a a true being in their dimension. Yeah. You know, that's, I think far-fetched. I'm just, I'm just being imaginative. (laughs) No, but like, but, ah. So, um, question. When, when you're conceiving of simulation, is, is the Big Bang Theory in it? Uh... No, to me, there was a, there was, there, here's the thing. I wanted to put a lot of stock into the Big Bang Theory just because I sort of, I became more scientifically minded, I suppose you might say, as I got older. But I, the problem was, is that my, like I've talked about so many times in the past, my psychedelic experiences have been so profound and so much more real feeling than my real life where that's yes. where I would say, I feel like I was outside of the simulation for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. The, the people who are the, the leading minds of the um, Big Bang or whatever, like I was just watching a video with Richard Dawkins talking to Joe Rogan, and it's an older one, not too old, but it's, it's a little bit back. And Joe Rogan, of course, said, you know, hey, have you done psychedelics? And Richard yeah. Dawkins, who is one of the leading people in the you know big bang or evolutionary field at the moment said that he had never taken psychedelics because he was yeah. afraid of a bad trip yeah mm-hmm. yep yep if the simulation were to be a thing i think it would be like really it would i think it would be like close to impossible for the big bang to take place i think that you need mm-hmm. some form of a creator creators to create a simulation right like yeah yeah so yeah, I have an, another question <laughs> in addition to my question. Um, <laughs> right. So do you think that um, simulation would just be a repackaging of the six day creation story or it could be? Uh, wait, could you say that in a different way? <laughs> so 
Um, in theory, in in uh, simulation, you know, you have a simulator. Okay. We could just call simulator God, you know, and then just from there I go with Genesis 1. In the beginning, God mm-hmm. created the heavens and the earth. It, not to say that there was absolutely nothing anywhere. It just means mm-hmm. this dimension didn't exist. Yeah. And then God simulator creates a simulation to us characters the illusion is reality itself mm-hmm. but the simulator or god is somewhere else clicking around on a computer okay wait so what's the question um <laughs> are are you like because uh josh was saying he does not really see a big bang in his simulation theory mm-hmm. but for you you're saying like well, there could be a Big Bang in a simulation. And a lot of people try to reconcile the creation story with the Big Bang and say that, like, God made the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so you're asking, okay, so you're asking, like, does the simulation theory fit with, like, the seven-day archetypical, like, creation story? Right, right. Okay. Like, are, is that how you're kind of conceiving of this? Um... I think I try to think of that and other possibilities, but, you know, with my, like, I don't know, like, with believing in a creator, a God, um, I think that it would make a lot of sense if, like, that were to answer. I don't know, though. Okay, so here's where I'm kind of confounded with – the seven day narrative. Mm-hmm. I I don't seven days one day at a time, like twenty four hour period is like very short to come up with stuff. Um like some of the things that we see. So mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily know if like seven days is seven, you know, sets of twenty four hour periods or if it means something else in the mind of the Hebrew like narrators. Sure. Um, but I do think it, it lends credibility to the simulation theory. Like if it would make sense, I think it would make things easier in my mind. If, yeah, the world was created in seven days, it would be so much easier to think of it as more of like a computer program, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that it, it answers your question, though. Well, I don't even know if there is an answer to my question. <laughs> I think, though, with the simulation theory, yes, like, I do think that if if we are in a simulation, then there is definitely a creator. Um, and, I mean, the human side of, like, the biblical text, like, I don't know, I, I think it answers, I think it coincides pretty well with uh, the idea of the simulation theory. I agree. I think that the simulation theory ties into a lot of different spiritual beliefs. Mm -hmm. I think I even was reading Hinduism actually is a really good uh, candidate for the conceivability of this theory. Hmm. Um, Hmm. I I didn't research a whole lot of it, but somebody had mentioned like, oh, Hinduism like falls in line. But I I don't know a lot about Hinduism, so um, I wouldn't be able to speak on that. I wish I did, but I don't either. No, that I would thought, be interesting to look into, though. Yeah, yeah, and how that coincides. But, I mean, Christianity, I think, works pretty well with the idea of simulation theory. So, I don't know. Yeah. 
don't know. What's your follow-up question, though? <laughs> okay, so I, I uh, thought to bring this up because, Josh, you were mentioning that, like, um, for a time in your life, you were trying to go more scientific, um, right. you know, mainstream science. Yep. And I would say that I kind of probably walked a very similar journey or, or, or path as, as you have. Like, for a long time, you know, I was brought up in a conservative Christian church, taught seven-day creationism. And then, you know, as I kind of went out on started trying to just educate the uh, secular worldview was and try to accept science and go along with the popular narrative that science is the established way we should be thinking. And then I kind of, so I, I think at some point, may, all, all three of, I don't want to make assumptions here, but the way all three of us were raised, I, can I assume that like we've all heard um, a six-day literal creationist use a procreation belief argument that you have faith in the Bible, or number two, you have faith in scientists. Um, meaning, That's like, too black for every, and white. <laughs> for everyone quantum scientist for everyone that isn't a physicist for some everyone that isn't a professional scientific researcher um supposed to know what the scientists are saying we're just kind of taking them at we're we're having faith in them right so Mm. we're choosing faith in one thing or another unless if you are a scientist and then you get to (laughs) understand it long answer to this but the question was just simply like what are we supposed to believe? Like, are we supposed to have faith in the scientists in the same way that we used to have faith in the Bible? Or are we supposed to just kind of feel it out? Like, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of do feel like society at large puts pressure on people to believe scientists. And we're... If, if you, you say, say you don't. You're like anti-science and it's kind of a belittling position to hold. Mm. And so I don't want the Notion Club to be known as a anti-science podcast here, but I kind of find myself um, not believing everything that a scientist has to say. Don't say that. Actually, (laughs) most most scientists um, probably are on board with simulation theory. But I might be wrong about that as well. Um, but certainly, I, th- I think the main point is, is still Big Bang. Um, but okay. I myself have issues with, with conceiving of a Big Bang. I, 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 100%. I feel like um, both of these positions, though, like you either have to take a... Um, like in the circles that we grew up in, you have to take either a creationist view or a science view and you couldn't take the other Um, or you couldn't dabble in both. And I don't know. I feel like there's not enough gray area or grace. And yeah, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Dabbling in both. We don't have to choose. We can just window shop all of them. Yeah. And maybe not even just window (laughs) shop, but I mean, I mean like, why can't we, 
um, why can't we take theories and, and think about them and consider the possibilities and how they mesh together or how they don't mesh together? Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the older I get, I'm, I'm starting to not like black or white thinking where there's right. just this like opposing um, arguments where it's like, because like, okay, think about this, like, you have a friend and you both have your own little worlds that you're involved with and something happens. Say you miss a deadline together. Like, oh, we were supposed to talk at 3 p.m. today and you miss the call. And it's not because you're a bad friend or, you know, something might have come up. There's some there's there's differences in the in the narrative, you know, and you just have to talk about like, OK, well, the reason I missed the 3 p.m. deadline was because my dog ran out and I had to go check it or, you know, run down the yeah. road and catch it. And, you know, here's all these other like things that came up. And then, oh, why did you forget? Well, um, you know, I thought about it, but I just didn't call. Like, there's just, I don't know. I feel like there's just, there's answers in all arguments. And I don't know why it has to be like black or white, I guess. I like that answer. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I used to think of science as being very set in stone, like, oh, this is what, you know, the facts are. But now I think of science as being something where it's like, this is where what people believe right now with as much data as they've been able to come up with. Yeah. And I believe in the scientists who come forward and say like, here's what I believe based on the data that I have. And here's the data that I'm working with. Yeah. But you're continuing to learn like this isn't like right. absolute, like set in stone. This right. isn't an right. absolute possibility. It's a benchmark with maybe some wiggle room. Yeah. Well, even if you take the, like the model, in chemistry that they use of the atom it's they they look at multiple different models because at one point they thought that the atom looked like this you know and then at another point they thought it looked like that so now mm -hmm. they talk about both examples yeah. and i think that's just a case of science evolving yeah. even our culture has evolved in a lot of ways with like cannabis laws and stuff like that changing where now that yeah. we actually have data that we can look at people are making new types of decisions or even um, that study where I forget what it's called, but people like uh, back in like early uh, history, they thought that like um, like you could predetermine how someone was going to act based on the shape of their skull. Hmm. Like we wow. know that's not uh, that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I mean, look at like race theory. Like right. people in the past thought that if you were black then like you you didn't have the same capacity as a white man to think or to reason or a woman even like right, me right. as a woman um oh because i bleed um because the blood rushes out of me once a month or whatever um that i do not have as much computational power in my brain as a man does because the brain the blood's going out of me so like I'm not as right. smart or I'm not as capable as a man to think of possibilities. Um, it's like medieval times too, where they thought something was magic when in reality it was just science that they hadn't yet discovered. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, that's, that's a good point. I actually do feel though, like there's a, there's, 
a correlation between science and spirituality in the sense of like, I don't mean to go too much off the deep end here, but I don't think of the Bible as being, you know, like a set of instructions or whatever, you know, a lot of people who look at Christianity or Catholicism or whatever biblical style of religion. And they'll say like, Oh, well, you know, that book is outdated or that's a set of rules from an angry God or whatever. And it's like, I don't look at it as being a set of rules because, you know, they don't have iPhones in the Bible. They don't have cars or, you know, any of the systems that we have. So how could it be a relevant set of rules? But what I think about it as being, and there was an old uh, author, gosh, I think it was Rob Bell who talked about this idea. Maybe it's not, and I might be getting that totally wrong, but it's this idea that the Bible is not supposed to be a set of instructions as much as it's just recorded history of what people were going through at that time. It's just a record. Yeah. Yeah. It's a record. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I've been trying to get at with this whole, like tying together the correlation between psychedelic, my belief that there's psychedelic use in the Bible and why that's important for us is because if you set aside the idea that the Bible is a set of rules and you're like, okay, fine. It's not a set of rules. Mm -hmm. What are we looking at here? What you see is human beings who are moving through acting just like we act today, no different than we act today, Mm -hmm. but having these profound, unexplainable experiences. I'm not talking about the miracles where people are healed, but I'm talking about the visions like Ezekiel Mm -hmm. or Book of Enoch stuff or Mm -hmm. um, Moses seeing the burning bush, that kind of stuff where it's like, or, or even the high priest going into the tabernacle, mm. going into the Ark of the Covenant and breathing in the smoke, seeing the table of the showbread. All that stuff is correlated to being like, okay, well, why is that in the Bible? If it's not a set of instructions yeah. and we're looking at the history of humanity, then is that something that we have access to as well? And that's where I think that the psychedelic experience is so important. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're giving me chills now. Yeah. Well, and also, if you if you get away from uh, psychedelics, if you don't even want to think about that, but you still want to ponder, like, why the Bible exists, like, I think it's really interesting to study, like, um, the humanity aspect of it. Like, think right. about David and Job and how they, like, cry and fight and uh, question things. And it's perfectly within reason to question, like, why? Why is there bad? Why is there pain in the world and it's questions that we still you know don't necessarily have answers to but we still think about those things like why why do people suffer from depression you know like those were theories but we still go through these things i don't know just I don't know. You're getting into like the psychological territory of the Bible. And Jordan Peterson yeah. did a big lecture series on the psychological significance of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what you're talking about is right along the lines of that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I have watched that series all, I think there's like 13 episodes, like three yeah. times. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And that's, that's really, the, I think, the series that made me look at the Bible differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, me and maybe go. Oh, this, there's actually a treasure trove here of real wisdom. Like, yeah, <laughs> he. I don't know. He made me like understand it differently. That was yeah, amazing, amazing series. Um, how do you guys think the simulation theory works with uh, UFO spottings? Mm. Yeah, I actually have thoughts on that. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, were you guys, uh, did you happen to read that article I sent you guys over Instagram? Uh, I think it was yesterday. Mm, no, I have not gotten to it today. It. No, I didn't get a uh, chance to see that either. 1,500 more uh, docu- or pages of documents produced uh, by the Pentagon in response to a FOIA request from The Sun. Oh, um, no way. And just some wild, wild shit. Like, a entire intelligence agency was formed for like a dozen years or something. Um, and this agency, uh, 100%, was checking out people who had abduction stories, mm. including people who had radiation burns and mm. as wild shit as unaccounted for pregnancies. Hmm. <laughs> Um, wow. Oh, that's what I had a question on. Um, what did I, I mean, I, I didn't read the article. So that it, the answer is probably in the article. And I'm sorry. Um, but what do what do they mean by unaccounted for pregnancies? Um, I don't really know. I was kind of interested in that myself. And they like detail, oh, um, okay. except that these agents were investigating these kinds of matters. That sounds like some bullshit. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. You have a, you have somebody come forward and they're like, yeah, I, I'm pregnant, but I have no idea. It's like, no, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, trying to act like it was a UFO right now. Get out of here. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And that's that's yeah, definitely that's, not yeah. out of the picture. That's that's completely no, I'm just, just... <laughs> no but that's a valid question that's actually what i was thinking too like okay what does unaccounted for like oh i'm pregnant but how or is it like unaccounted uh, for virgin births yeah like what, what <laughs> i i need answers <laughs> right right and unfortunately i was not given any um, i am gonna look at that article though because anytime there's like a huge release of documents i think that that is fascinating yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's never quite in the news. No, they <laughs> they gloss right over it. Yeah, I, like it's I don't in the know. News, it's there for you to find if you look for it, but like it's not like the first page news that when you open up your like iPhone in the morning. Like now, oh. let me ask: Is that a part of the simulation that like now? Okay, so we've discovered the simulators, and we just can't focus on them. We're just too distracted by the simulation that they've set up for us for us to really like Hmm. do anything in response to discovering them or there's not enough like evidence for us to be like oh yeah that's a real thing like i don't think we would have the capacity to see the simulators in any kind of way and what i mean by that i don't mean to be weird or technical but like on a computer if you're working on the computer and you have a hard drive problem you cannot fix that problem logged into the computer You have to go outside of the computer and log in from some external source to be able to work on the hard drive. Oh, that's what you're saying. Okay. Okay. So it's almost like if we're in the simulation, there is, we don't even, there's no capacity for us to access the outside because we would have to be outside. Right. (gasps) Right. So this this plays into, I think we're probably about to say the same thing here. Um, So my thought is, the simulators are the aliens in the UFO. This is such stoner sounding shit, but the, the simulators are the aliens, right? And maybe they're not from outer space, but from a different dimension, the dimension where the 
uh, simulate ores run the simulation and maybe they just break entry into the simulation once in a while to tweak you know mm -hmm. they might abduct somebody stick something up their butt put them back <laughs> where they belong and then drive off you know yeah, yeah. I... my question <laughs> my my so question ridiculous. is josh you know about sandboxes right on computers yes okay all right this is also probably a stoner thought even though i'm not a stoner <laughs> um all right. From a biblical standpoint. All right. I'm going to paint a picture. God creates the world, right? He creates yeah. a good. Sin enters the world. Okay. And what does he do to, con to keep sin encapsulated away from, say, heaven? Um, it's another part of, like, the 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 simulation, I guess, or maybe outside external. Um, and so what if he encapsulates us in a sandbox and sin can just like in a, so like you open up, like the reason you'd have a sandbox is say you get an email and you're not quite sure if it's spam or not. And you want to play with that link. So you would put that link into your sandbox and then you yeah. open it up from there Yeah, and it wouldn't cause any harm to your computer. I, in theory, if I understand sandboxes well, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Josh. But um, what do you no, guys think, think about that? I think you're right I see what on. you're saying. Yeah. It's, in my opinion, like this is getting into some of my like spiritual beliefs. But mm -hmm. I think that if you commit some of these archetypal sins, like the 10 command, you know, the 10 sins or whatever, 10 commandments, mm -hmm. then you sort of, like you're saying, you get sandboxed. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you're still experiencing humanity with the rest of humanity but in your own little sandbox now because you've done this thing it's this yeah. consequence and i'm but not like, mean oh sorry go ahead oh no, no no what were you gonna say i was gonna say uh painting a picture like god creates this like uh version of code right and then the code goes bad so he moves the code over into a sandbox until he can tweak it right and bring mm -hmm. it back online that's, I guess, where I was going with that. Weird, okay. So, no, I, I see what you're saying. So, so God places uh, us into this sandbox dimension, if you will. Because um, now it's corrupted. The file is corrupted. Right. So, so basically what you're saying, the simulation is the sandbox. Well, maybe the simulation is now inside of the sandbox, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. He moved it to the same. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, where because I'm going it's with corrupt. That. So yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. no, that makes sense. Like if it was corrupt, it would have to be contained. Mm -hmm. And now we're in that contained space, but there's a perfect reality. Yeah, outside of that. Right. And okay, okay. Here's another layer. Jesus enters the picture. He sends Jesus in to start uncorrupting the files. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then slowly over time, people start to choose. Uh, I mean not saying that we live in an era where like everyone's choosing right now or whatever, but uh, say like other files grow off of like, or I guess we start assimilating to like the correct version of the file. And at some point we'll be able to leave the sandbox because it's been corrected. <laughs> Holy shit. Is so that an the, idea? <laughs> well, so it's almost like then that the Mandela effect is us moving away from a corrupt system and every time it's like it used to be the berenstein bears it's like that was the corrupt version yeah we're but closer now... to 
<laughs> the perfect reality for <laughs> utopia. We're moving to outside of the sandbox. <laughs> mm. That's the end goal. <laughs> All right. So um, a, a Gnostic, if you will, that I was listening to recently had a theory from the book of Daniel that's actually just the opposite. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, actually, so speaking of the book of Daniel, I'll try to remember all this but like my mind was blown listen, listening to this guy so did you guys realize in the beginning of the book of daniel it talks about how daniel came from uh his his israeli tribe into the ba- uh, the kingdom of babylon and like made mm-hmm. friends with the king and whatnot so the king mm-hmm. went to uh tribes of israel and just handpicked or had uh, his men handpick uh, y- uh young people Yep. that were just going to be in his court. Mm-hmm. And they were trained by the magicians of the Chaldeans. Mm-hmm. And the Chaldeans are like the magi. These are the, pe- the astrologers, the people who were the most connected to like the magic that was taught, that's talked about in the Book of Enoch. That's mm-hmm. these people. They're like from, you know, Babylon and Sumeria, like mm-hmm. as old as it gets. And so... I don't know why this always just blew right past me, but Daniel becomes chief of Magi. Yep. He, he becomes, um, what, what was his, uh, they, they gave him a, uh, a wizard name. Mm. Uh, what was his, you can look it up, but like, it's, it's a crazy name with a bunch of Z's in it. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. Anyway, so the the dream that he winds up interpreting for King Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Um, so first he had to first tell the king what the dream was, and it was a dream of a statue, a mm-hmm. huge, glorious statue. The head was made of pure gold, the chest was silver, and then like the waist was bronze, and then it goes down to iron legs, <clears throat> and the feet were made of clay. Mm-hmm. And what? Daniel tells King Nebuchadnezzar is you are the head of gold. The king or the kingdom of Babylon here is, is, is the gold. The kingdoms that come after progressive, progressively get lower. So the next kingdom that comes in, I forget what, what it was, whether it was the Romans. Um, I, I forget. They are the silver, the next kingdom that takes over. And what this it's, it's getting further and further away from the purity of the magic that was mm-hmm. taught by the original, you know, angels that again are talked about in the book of Enoch, the original magic mm-hmm. with each eon that I was texting you guys about that happens roughly every 2,500 years, yep. every new equinox, we're moving further and further away from the original magic. We're becoming less pure. I know that that uh, message <laughs> that you said, s- like, what, what? I honestly believe that wholeheartedly that uh, 2,500 year concept and calendar thing. That is another thing that I, I actually believe wholeheartedly for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I but, think it's re- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Josh. Oh, I just was going to say, I think it's real. What were you going to say? I was going to say uh, within the realm of the book of Enoch, though, those angels were fallen. So they were teaching humans corrupt things like um, like they taught them like war and that kind of thing. 
Isn't that well? Wouldn't we that's be? Wouldn't one... we be getting away from the bad almost? Um, that's a good point. I guess I haven't really thought about it that way. Um, yeah, I like it know. doesn't make sense in a way from getting away from the gold. Like obviously we'd want to be closest to the gold, but like. I don't know. It's just like it's not angelic beings that are like of good rapport. Yeah, you should have <laughs> you should have debated this gnostic. I wonder what he would have re- responded with. As I talk with because in my mouth, on my mind, I, I, have, I have yet to actually pull out you know my Old Testament and read the story. Maybe mm. he was just kind of assigning his own interpretation to it, but because mm. uh, I I think the way most people read that, if if I remember as a kid, like. Well, I remember that story, but I think I just remember it being taught to me that that meant like um, each kingdom was just going to be less glorious, like in its wealth and riches or something. Mm. Interesting. I've never heard that point. I honestly can't remember the interpretations I grew up with around, surrounding yeah. like, that specific story. It'd be best if we could just read the text and... I don't know, just see kind of how it hits you when, when you read it. But Yeah. Um, I had another thought, but it's gone. <laughs> another notion. Another notion. Gone. But gone. <laughs> I do find it fascinating. By Daniel being chief of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here, here's a thing as well, like, uh, his name is Belshazzar. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, oh no, no, no it is I'm interesting. Sorry. No, that was that was another oh. king he served. What was his name? Sorry, I'm I'm trying to find this. Okay. I didn't mean to it's... cut you off there. No, it's just interesting because Daniel does ascend in power um, in Babylon, but he remains true to his God, and that's kind of interesting as well. Like the source of his power, where was it? You know. It's just kind yeah. of interesting to think about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, that was my thought. Okay, guys. Uh, I, I'm sorry to keep sending up biblical, but um, I feel like the simulation theory just fits really well with the I story agree. arc of the Bible. I yeah, but, it, does. it does. Okay, Enoch, doesn't he go away without dying? Um, Elijah and Elisha, don't they? No, Elisha, I think, dies. Elijah and Enoch. Yeah, they're carried. They're just taken up by God. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that is it? Would that be interesting to think about? Of them leaving the simulation, they're essentially escaping the sandbox. I would imagine them as not actually. Look, I don't want to diminish their humanity, and I don't mean to be blasphemous or whatever. But I would Mm. imagine (laughs) them in that case as not even being real humans. Like Mm. they were just figures that god created into existence and once they were done he was like out of existence and they just hmm. went out i exist. see i see interesting or yeah. like maybe they were angels i don't know possibly yeah i don't know it's just interesting to think like uh here we have two people who never died and then if you go into the new testament here's jesus who does die but he comes back into the sandbox i do hmm. like a modern look at at some of these bible stories because i think that a lot of them have been really thrown into the mud and Mm -hmm. so i think it's cool that we're we're taking a look at like what how the the simulation theory and some of these stories actually correlate we're going to be given wendigoon 
a run for his money on his Sunday church services. <laughs> Dude, I love Wendigoon. He's he's great. He's fantastic. I agree. Um. Okay, so I don't know, Josh, do you have any more thoughts on the simulation theory? I mean, this is kind of like your... Well, I mean, so with the simulation theory, there's a lot of videos that I've watched where I would just say, like, if this is a topic that you're interested in, I'll do my best to link... Uh, as many of the interesting kind of topics that I can mm -hmm. that I've looked into into the description and like check those videos out. And if you think like, wow, you know, I had a question about this one or a thought about that one, throw it in the comments. But otherwise, yeah. it's just such a complex topic that I wanted to just talk, you know, talk about different ideas and see what you guys thought. But yeah. really, if anybody is listening and they're like, oh, man, this is something I'm super interested in, I would just say like, follow up on the the links because they get a lot more in depth with some of these concepts in a technical yeah. way. I think that's easier to follow. And I also noticed, um, guys, if uh, you're interested, Josh has uh, recreated or he's built uh, a new website for the Notion Club podcast and it's phenomenal. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. But I noticed um, recently when you go into episodes, uh, at least on the recent one, the Bigfoot one, you can actually message us directly um, with thoughts. So if you guys have any um, ideas or notions that you'd like to kind of uh, bring to the table, like you can directly do that through the website and um, we can we can chat through there or maybe talk about it in future on an episode. So that's a really cool feature. I was like, I've been wanting to tell you like, Josh, that's amazing. I love that. So, Thank you. you know, if you don't, if you guys listen on like Apple or Spotify or something like that versus like YouTube where you can just comment directly. Um, that's another option is to just go to the website and comment through there. If you're like a Spotify or Apple user or something like that. But um, so Two things before we wrap up. Um, I want to go over jo uh, this Hotz guy again. He is very interesting. Um, he's a, an American security hacker, entrepreneur, and software yep, engineer. Yep, that's who he is. I know who he is. Yeah. Damn it, this guy is amazing. He's wild, oh, too. and He's, he's the like, smartest dude I know. He's fought like uh, Elon Musk. He's had... Uh, uh, some issues with Sony. He hacked PlayStation 3's system. Um, actually, he's the first guy to actually hack the iPhone. I he believe. is one of the best hackers that is in the public sphere. Flat. Yeah, he's very interesting. But his, uh, he was on a show or something where he was talking about. And I wanted to talk about, I, I wrote down what he said. Um, he said, as an exploration of whether breaking out of a simulated universe means we can meet God. Um, and he says, and then he follows up with, and kill him. It's easy to imagine that things are so much smarter than you, and they could build a cage you wouldn't even recognize. I was just like, whoa. Um, what if we could break out of this universe? And what would that mean? Do you think, so here's my question. Hypothetically, if we are in a simulation and we do happen to break through and we meet the creators of the simulation, do you think that one, we could fight the simulator creators and win? 
And do you think, here's my follow-up question, do you think that we should end this simulation and it just ends? Or do you think that we should try and re replicate it? I mean, we know that there's like this uh, dark side to humanity. Do you think that replicating it would be good? Or do you think like, okay, we've ascended, we know better, like humanity has very dark uh, streaks to it. So like, should we just end it there? What do you guys think about that? Um, I mean, I, my knee-jerk reaction would be, no, you can't just end it. Um, I think there's, um, I don't know, I think uh, God was telling the truth when uh, he said it was good. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I think even the bad stuff, like, is, is good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know that's probably an insensitive thing to say, but I think as a whole, like, something is better than nothing. Okay, so... Muskego, you would say that if we could break through this hypothetical like simulation, you yeah. think that we should continue it on. We we wouldn't end Yeah, it. keep it going. Keep okay. it going. All right, Josh, what are your thoughts on that? I don't think that we could handle being outside of the simulation. Uh, to be honest, like I I think that the psychedelic experience in any one of them is an experience outside of this the simulation. Mm -hmm. And it's always overwhelming. Like nobody can just be like, oh yeah, I took 10 grams of mushrooms and you know like walked my dog or whatever. It was chill. Saw <laughs> it's like no, it's overwhelming for everyone yeah, and no one yeah, can explain that's it. That's very true. Mm. Well and yeah. what you said a second ago about like mm -hmm. oh even the bad is good. My takeaway of how I interpret that is like when I did Salvia and I came off of it, the immediate feeling that I had was like, okay, I know that there's turmoil in the world. I know that there's like war and, and people who are homeless and, you know, people who are sick. And I know all of this is around, but being in this reality is good compared to being in all of those <laughs> other realities. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I don't mean to sound uh belittling i was actually going through my own ex like probably hardest one of the hardest times i've ever been in in my life when i decided to take sabia so it's not to diminish like the hardship but the thing is we were talking earlier about free will and there's this idea of like well if there is free will then why isn't everyone just killing each other and stealing from each other and all this other stuff and i saw a meme yesterday that basically said yeah <laughs> I don't do bad things because it makes me feel bad. And it's like, I know that that's so simple, but it's, it's true that for most yeah, people, yeah. we don't go around like, Oh yeah. Why don't you just go steal and beat people up and like, take what you want. And it's like, well, cause I don't feel good about that. Mm. Right. We value peace of mind. Right. So I think that even though there's this law of entropy and like the universe is moving towards chaos and it's falling apart i also have this belief that there's this simultaneous law of anti-entropy and like we're moving towards something better mm. so like the breaking is is almost like a, a tearing away of the veil almost yes yeah that's like the idea of the hindu goddess kali where it's like it's destruction it's death but it's through that destruction and death that there's new life and birth and a new experience. Okay. Speaking of, of death, um, this was also something that I saw in, I'm sorry. I know this is another question, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, within 
death. I, I was seeing scientists say with uh, the simulation theory that uh, when you die, that you progress into another uh, version of a simulation. So like, say, another dimension. Do you think that's the case with when, uh, say, a friend dies? Do you think that they are going into a different dimension or a different simulation or do you think that that's like okay well the simulation is terminated like that's that's the end for them i i happen to believe in souls and you know they are not they don't expire with our bodies they're not finite right i, okay. I think that they probably either pass into some different uh, dimension, or if it is among us, it's, I don't know, just hidden somehow. But no, I, I think that the soul goes on. Hmm. Okay, so you would say that it, if we're talking about simulation, they would essentially either ascend the simulation, they're on the outside now, or they're in a better version of the simulation, or a different simulation altogether. Yeah, whether it be a different simulation or the same one, but it's just in a different <laughs> in a different dimension in the dimension, if you will. Okay. Capacity yeah. somehow. I, I agree 100%. I think we're using the terminology simulation because that's a word that we all can understand and sort of like gives us the imagery that we need to have this conversation. Yeah. But whether it's a simulation or not, mm -hmm. you know, I was I was. I'm not trying to talk shit about Richard Dawkins, but I was bringing him up earlier and it's like mm. where he said he was talking to Joe Rogan. Joe was saying like, well, do you think that there's anything after death or whatever? And do you think mm. it's just blacking out? And Richard Dawkins was like, well, don't you think that it's just blacking out? And it's, he wasn't giving an answer, but it's like, look, Richard Dawkins, you only think that you just black out when you die because you've never done psychedelics. Mm. And I don't mean right. to continuously harp on this, like I'm not trying to sound obsessive, but the reality is, is that you, you almost throw away this notion of like, okay, it just blacks out. It's like, I don't, I don't believe that there's so much more going on. There is something yes. outside of there. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And like with, with Richard Dawkins, it's like, man, you'd know if you weren't afraid of a bad trip, it would, you as an intellectual, it would be so much more interesting to hear you have an right. experience like that and then say like okay well now do you think that there's something after death i imagine that even somebody like him would be way more open to that conversation mm. so yeah i i firmly believe you know i'm not trying to say that i know what it is but i do firmly believe in a continuation in some capacity hmm. okay that's really interesting guys i feel like this has been a really good conversation Thank you. I, I love the stuff you guys brought up. You got you brought up a, a book that I love thinking about. You two got into a deep ass part of the conversation. I love that. This is a good one. Yeah, this was a good I liked one. it. All right. So my final question, and we don't have to answer it. Maybe we can leave it for our listeners. Um, going forward, uh, what does the potential of living in a simulation simulated reality mean for us? And I don't know if you guys want to answer that or if we just want to leave that for our listeners to think about. I would answer it by saying that for me, as somebody who grew up playing games like Zelda or Final Fantasy or whatever, it's like, or Halo, you want to beat the game, but you want to beat the game. Like if you're playing Halo, you want to beat the game on Legendary. 
You don't just want to beat the game. You want to beat it and you want to do it. Stat your character out, get the items, see the map, mm. play the game, you know. Understand it. Yeah. Damn. So that's my answer. Yeah, that's a, a really good answer. Yeah, I can't <laughs> I like top that. that. That's that's a good ending, I think. That's <laughs> Well, thank you. Punchline. Boom. All right, Thanks. guys. Well, um, that is our talk on simulated reality or the idea of it. And um, let us know what you guys think in the comments. Or like I said earlier, like you can shoot us a direct message from our website, thenoceanclub.com, which Josh created so wonderfully <laughs> for us. It's amazing. Thank you again um, for your feedback on that. I really appreciate that. I love that it. It was lot. like it was like finding a little uh, treasure trove. I was like, oh. Um, so yeah, uh, if you guys like it, please uh, like this episode and uh, we hope to bring you some more in the future. See ya. Peace out, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>